turn around, look at your neighbor and say, we're glad you're here. All right. We're going to throw some pictures up from our trip to Lynch. Uh, if you would, guys, go ahead and pull those up. When we went to Lynch, some of the pictures we could not, uh, they're in the, oh, they're there. Okay. So what you're looking at I, is, is called Shekinah Village, where you see all the fencing going around. I've always called it the ranch because they keep horses out there. They have a camp for children all through the summer months, and these are kids that normally wouldn't probably have an opportunity to go to camp. They, uh, the first time we were there and we were actually doing part of the camp, they were doing some face painting, and I remembered hearing one of the children look at her sister and say, we need to wash before we go leave because wash day is not till Saturday. I want you to think about it for a second. There was no running water at their home. So what they would do is once a week, they would have to go draw water and then do a bath like probably in a number two wash tub. And so what we take for granted and some of the things that we think, you know, that is no big deal, it can be a huge deal for them. The, they, one of the camps that they do is a rodeo camp during the week, and they teach children to ride horses. And then at the end of that camp, they actually have a little rodeo. And so the parents come out to watch that. And then the kids got to see some other things while we were there. I'll let them go ahead and do that while I'm just talking. Just go through them if you would. And so what ended up happening is they were giving away gifts. We were in a restaurant, and the girls just picked someone random and went up to and began to talk to them, presented them with a gift. And these ladies were just overwhelmed. They couldn't believe it, and they were touched by it. And it was just showing the love of God in a practical way. They were walking through the mud. I'm not sure what that picture's about. I'm going to have to have a talk with them. I, but they had, they got in a muddy place, and uh, they were going through there. But in the women's center, we weren't allowed to take pictures. But I, I was when I came to pick them back up, because they don't allow men in there, but when I came to pick the ladies back up and they told me I could come up, the expression on those women's faces, and they looked at me and they said, thank you so much for bringing them here. And each one of our ladies had the opportunity to share with those women that had felt like that their life was over. One of them in particular, they said, everybody knew you don't touch her. But guess who was hugging her before it was over with? <laughs> and she was open to it. So we thank God for that. Thank you for your help in getting them there. And we appreciate that. We look forward to going again. Uh, the, our next trip is a little different. I'll be taking skilled labor with me in October. We've got uh, some specific projects that we're doing. We're going to be doing a uh, concert at the end of this trip in October, and we've got a uh, theater that we've, we're going to try and have it there. It's in Benham. They're restoring it. It's a beautiful old theater. It'll, it seats about 250 people, 
And so, and it's really close to the women's center. So they're excited about us being able to come back. So be praying for that. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to uh, First King, or I'm sorry, Second Kings. This will be the sixth chapter and the fifteenth verse, and I'm giving that to them now because I just realized I forgot to give it to them. But it's going to be a little bit before I read that verse, so they've got a little bit of time. <clears throat> so let me share this with you. I want to talk to you today for just a little while about a change of perspective. Everybody say that with me, a change of perspective. While you're thinking about that, let me just announce that in the second service, uh, Brother Walls is going to be here. I shared with you about him uh, in the service last week. If you have the opportunity to be able to stay over, I encourage you to do that. If not, you can watch it online. And uh, I'm just excited to have him here. How many of you ever had somebody that really had an impact in your life? You know, and one thing I found out is you, you better give folks roses while they're alive rather than just talk, talk about how great of a person they were after they're gone, right? So we want to be able to honor him today. A change of perspective. I, I looked at the definition for perspective in the dictionary, and I didn't really like it, so I made up my own. <laughs> perspective in the dictionary talks about the science of optics. And I'm thinking, okay, nobody's going to really get that. So let me, let me see how I did with this. Perspective is how you see something. And how you see it is affected by your relationship to it. How you are positioned. Everybody say perspective. Now let me give you an example. If you're looking at the earth from space... Your perspective of the earth is completely different than it is of your standing on the earth. You see, we didn't even know it was the blue planet until I think it was in the late 60s or the early 70s when we, we find, well, I guess it would have been in the 60s when we got into the outside of the earth atmosphere and we got into space and when they were able to look back and see it as the blue planet, all those pictures that we take for granted, you know, that we see of the earth. And, and, and when we used to see them, we went, wow, ooh, look at that. And then it's just like commonplace, oh, that's the earth. Do you realize that your grandparents probably never saw that? Your great-grandparents great absolutely didn't see it. They never knew that it was a blue earth because you had the opportunity to see it from a different perspective than they did. And so when you think about perspective and how we see something and the relationship that that has and how we are positioned to it or our relationship with it. So let me, let me give you another example. We talked about if we see the earth from space, we see it differently than if we're standing on a mountaintop looking out over it. And how many of you know both of those are awesome places to look at the earth? I mean, man, I, I, I've, I've driven up into the mountains, and, and it's no secret here, I love the mountains. 
And there's something about the mountains and going up there, and you can't see the Rocky Mountains and not believe in God. I mean, man, when you look at that, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, it just takes your breath away. And then your perspective can be different. I know we got a lot of beach lovers here, and it's okay. And the beach is a good place to be, especially like at sunset. If you've ever been on the beach at sun, and you see the sun going down, there is a serenity that surrounds that. And one of the unique things about all the mission work I did, like in Trinidad, the beach I was on was never full. It was just, you know, most of the time I was the only one down there, unless some of the team came down. But I'd, I'd go down there, and, it was, and I'd be standing there. I'd go early in the morning and watch the sun rise out of the it looked like it was coming up out of the water and then to be able to go in the evening and see that same sun and it looked like it was going into the water and there's just something unique about that and it changes your perspective everybody say my perspective so let me read to you from second kings 6 and 15 and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Let me help you get this in perspective. So what's going on is there's a king, and, and he's the king of Syria. He is trying to plot an ambush for the armies of Israel, and he has, he has planned on several occasions everybody say he had all his ducks in a row and somebody quacked up his plan i know that was a cheesy but it's early and so all, he's got all of his ducks in a row he's got everything planned out he knows exactly where they're going to be and every time he does it falls apart they 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 end up knowing where he's at and they don't go there there's no trap and he finally has a meeting with all of his counselors and he's saying which one of you is working for the king of Israel man come on what's going on and they said look king it's not us there's a prophet over there and he is he's in Dothan and what you say in your bedroom he tells the king of Israel in other words, what he's saying is God is showing this man everything you're doing, and that's how he keeps revealing your plans. And this happened on several occasions. So the king of Syria gets frustrated, and he says, we're going after him. Where's he at? And they said he's in Dothan. He sends an army to that city at night and surrounds it. When they get there, the next morning, his servant, Elisha's servant, wakes up and he's, you can't, can't, you imagine, I don't know what your morning routine is, but like, do, I wonder if any of you, you know, in the morning, if you just ever, you know, go out and open the door up, you know, and to see what the weather's like, step outside on your porch or something, you know, to stretch. Can you imagine going out on your porch to stretch and you see a SWAT team camped out around your house? I mean, wouldn't that give you pause? You, you, you open the door up and there's a tank in your front yard. They've got, they, there are people that are in tactical gear and they've got, you know, machine guns pointed at you and you're, and you're wouldn't it cause you to kind of step back in the house? <laughs> Shut the door and lock it. And so he goes and he looks out and he sees this army 
that is surrounding the city and he is about to have a fit, man. He runs back in and he goes to Elisha and he said, man, what are we going to do? There's a whole army out there. it, It struck me how they both are aware of the same circumstance and situation, but they respond completely differently to it. And it's all about perspective. So when the servant sees those armies and he looks at them, he, he has a, a breakdown. He runs in and he's talking and he, he's saying, man, what are we going to do? There's an army out there. They're surrounding the city with horses and chariots. No, what are we going to do? He's, he is about to lose it. And Elisha is very nonchalant about it. He looked at him and he said, hey, don't, don't sweat it. Everybody say, don't sweat it. Matter of fact, he just tells him, he said, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. He has a completely different perspective because of his relationship with God. I want you to hear what I'm going to say. The way we approach situations in our life and our perspective and how we respond is directly connected to our relationship with God. You remember what I talked about, that you see the earth differently? That that when you're in space, you see a blue planet? But that's all you see. You can't see the intricacies of a butterfly's wing. You can't see the sunset over the ocean. You can't see a mountain's splendor. You can't see that from space because you're too far away from the earth. Now, you've got a neat view, and it's, it's all well and good, but if you're wanting to get in on some details if if you're wanting to see things a little bit closer then you're going to have to change your relationship to the earth so it can you can get drawn in closer to it and let me just say this to you if we want to see life differently we're going to have to get drawn in a little bit closer to God so that we quit seeing the problems and we start seeing the answer we need to quit seeing all the junk and we need to start seeing the solutions sometimes we're so focused on the fog we can't find our way through it And can I, you know, this almost seems counterintuitive, but if you you flip bright lights on in the fog, it doesn't help you see. It affects how you see. Now, I want you to hang with me here for a second. How many of you have ever i got to be careful. How many of you have ever been around what I call uh, religionese? You know what I'm talking about? 
It's like, praise the Lord, brother. I'm just so glad to be here today and to be able to share the Word of God with you. Just want it. All that does is obscure our ability to see. I didn't turn to him because I was impacted by a plastic religion. I came to him because all of a sudden I saw him in a way I had never seen him before. I, I felt him in a way I had never felt him before. I didn't know who he was. And as I grew in relationship with him and I started getting closer to him, it changed the way I saw everything. I had friends come up to me and say, Rick, what happened to you, man? You're not the same anymore. You, you, you used to do it. Never mind that. But they, they, they started, they knew me. They knew what I had done. They knew where we'd gone. And now all of a sudden, everything was different. And I'd look at him and I'd say, I know, man, let me tell you about it. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear about it. I, I can't help it. I shared with you, you know, when I was working a secular job, I, I, I was always sharing about Jesus. And the guys, would, when summer hit, the guys at all, at break time, they'd say, y'all better get ready to work some overtime. It's revival season. And they knew I was going to that, that, that I was going to start working my points so I could go preach revivals. I had a guy come to me one time, the, one of the supervisors, and he said, "I need you to work shutdown." I said, "You want me to work shutdown?" He said, "Yeah, anybody that can miss all week and only get uh, and not even get a write-up over it, I, I need that kind of intelligence to work shutdown." What was he saying? I I I knew. See, it all, your perspective is driven by your passion. Amen. How many of you love ice cream? Those of you that love ice cream will drive how far to get the kind of ice cream you want? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, we need to go get some ice cream now. For those of us that aren't that wild about ice cream, we're thinking, well, I got some box of Prairie Farms in the refrigerator. That's, are you kidding? That's not ice cream. I've heard so much about this new place in town. How many of you have been to the new place in town? Hold your hand up if you've been to the new place. Look at that. All those hands. Uh, I still don't know exactly where it's at. I mean, I've, I've been told where it is, but I haven't pulled up and stopped there yet. And, and they say it's amazing. And if they were serving crab legs, I'd already been there. But you see, ice cream doesn't move me like that. Black walnut will get my attention. And so if I find out there's black walnut up there, we'll be making a trip. Everybody say perspective. Elisha looks at his servant and he looks at all the anxiety that his servant is experiencing. He looks at all that worry and all that fear. 
And he's trying to calm him down. He's saying, don't be afraid. You, you don't have to be afraid. Those that be with us are more than those that be with them. And then he prayed and he said, God, open his eyes. Let him, now this is, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's saying, let him see you the way I see you. Because when you begin to see God, oh, can I borrow your glasses? <laughs> Scripture where David says, come magnify the Lord with me. I'm not going to look at you. I don't want to set you on fire. No, I'm <laughs> so come, come magnify the Lord with me. So, okay, here I'll tell you what. Come get your glasses again because they're not helping me out at all. <laughs> okay, now when you put your glasses on, okay, look at me right now. How do I look to you right now? Blurry. Put your glasses on. Now how do I look? I got blue eyes. <laughs> Cavity back here. In it. No, so, so she's saying, I got blue eyes. She, so what did her glasses do to me? No, her glasses didn't do anything to me. See, what her glasses did was allow her to see me as I really am. How are you going to make God any bigger than he is? When David's saying, come magnify the Lord with me, he's saying, let's take a look at him the way he really is. He's not some weak God. He's not some impotent God. He is powerful. He is the I am that I am. He's more than enough. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and it's time to let the lion and roar perspective that man is scared to death of that army and Elisha is saying you don't need to be afraid you don't have to be afraid if you could see him as he is Lord open his eyes and when God opened his eyes check this out when God opened his eyes it said this is what the scripture said this is 16 and 17. Do not fear for those that are with us are more than those that be with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Had the army of Syria gotten smaller? No, it was the same it had always been. But his perspective changed because now, instead of being focused on Syria's army, he was focused on the army of God. Do you understand? Go on, give him a hand clap of praise. He's worthy. Do you understand that when we get to the point in our lives that when situations arise, and our perspective is no longer about seeing things in the natural, but our perspective is about seeing it through God. That's why David's perspective is totally different when he goes out on the battlefield. They saw a man that was nine foot and nine inches tall, but David saw somebody that was defying the living God. 
And he said, who do you think you are? And he steps out there with a stick in his hand, and Goliath gets bent out of shape and starts railing against him. And David is calm, cool, and collected. And he looked at him and he said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. Uh, he said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. What's David saying? I got a different perspective than you do, buddy. Uh, and today, uh, he's going to deliver you into my hand. Uh, when you begin to see how big God really is, it puts everything else in perspective. Now, my wife sees me. She knows me like nobody else knows me. And so when Debbie sees me, she sees me as a very loving, kind, tender-hearted man. See, I'm waiting for all that. But honestly, that's how she sees me. And then, and, and, but how many of, well, maybe I, don't raise your hand on this, but just to ask yourself the question, how many of you have always seen me that way? Oh, he's just a loving, kind, tender-hearted guy. You know, he, you see, here's the deal, is that she knows me because she has a close relationship with me. And she's even told me before, she's even told me, she said, Rick, People don't know you like I know you. So sometimes you, you, could, you could appear to be gruff. What? Me? Are you serious? I mean, I'm just like a warm, fuzzy, cuddly. But see, she knows me that way. There was a time... That's really how I kind of saw God. Just sitting on a throne, waiting to let you have it. Until my relationship with him changed. And when my relationship changed, my perspective changed. Because now... I'm not looking at him from a distance, from afar off. I'm up close and personal to we're on a first-name basis. You're kidding me. You mean you really pray and, you, and, and say, Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. And sometimes I hear him speak my name. I mean, literally. <laughs> you know how much he loves you? He'd rather die for you than live without you. So what do you say today we get a change of perspective? Would you stand with me? I have a friend, his name is Doug Rogers. When I go to Starbucks, I have a certain way that I order a drink. People always made fun of me. You know, they, they said, man, he goes, I mean, even, you know, because when I pull up to a window, I say, tall, non-fat, two-pump toffee, not latte at 180. 
I said that at the Starbucks in Paducah, Kentucky, when they opened it up. Lady looked at me and said, you're not from around here, are you? What's, my, what's your point, Pastor? My point is, I knew I know what I wanted to the point that I didn't like the way they made theirs. So I had them change it. Well, my friend would always look at me and he'd go, you getting what? What are you getting now? A two-pump whipped cream special? What, what is that? What is that? He's always laughing at me, laughing at me. I, I'd say, try it. Just try it. So one day I talked him into trying it. And he went, hmm. You're never going to believe what happened. About a month after that, I get a phone call. He's in the drive-thru at Starbucks. He said, Rick, what is that you ordered? How did... Tell me what it is. And so he's telling the lady, a tall, two-pump, non-fat, and he, she, he's going through all of it. And, and so after it's done, I let him have it. <laughs> oh, what's, what's going on, Doug? You kind of liking it now? His perspective changed. See, sometimes we push out what we don't understand. And guess what? When you do that, you're never going to understand it. But if you could just get to a place where you're willing to open your heart and say, God, I don't have the answers. And I don't understand a lot of things. But God, I trust you. And when you trust him, I promise you, you're going to get a change of perspective. Would you just stretch your hands to heaven with me today? I want to speak something to you, and I'm going to pray with you. In the months ahead, and going into the next year, there's going to be a change of perspectives. We're going to find ourselves needing to get closer to God than we've ever been before. Not just for us, but for those around us. Do you understand that it was Elisha's relationship with God that changed the perspective of his servant? If Elisha had not been there to be a go-between, that servant's eyes would have never been open. My friend, God has uniquely positioned you. He has set you in a place to be able to help open eyes. So why don't you just stretch your hands to heaven with me right now and say, God, here I am. Use me to help others see you in a greater way. I give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise in this house. Get ready for it. Buckle up. Get ready. Hey, I want, before you leave, I got to share this. 
Debbie took me, my, this past week I turned 39 again. I, I turned 60. I'm just putting it out there. I turned 60. I know I don't look it. <laughs> I turned 60 years old. Debbie took me on a surprise, for a surprise birthday adventure, and I didn't know what was going on. I got in a helicopter, man. I love helicopters. I rode in one like 40 years ago, hadn't rode in one since then. The guy let me fly it. So we get in, and honestly, when he gave me the control, I thought, if I were you, buddy, I'd be a lot higher up before I turned this over to me. But he gave me the control. There's no, there's no door where I'm at, just a seat belt. And he looked at me and he said, now, do you want the old granny ride? Or do you want the amusement park ride? And I'm thinking, why? And, and he takes off, and I'm telling you, he banks this thing, and he's got me, and I'm thinking, God, let the seatbelt hold. He's got me turned up like this, going around like this. Then he takes it, he comes down into a field doing about 90 miles an hour, two feet off of the ground. He's showing me how they crop dust. There's a big row of trees. He pulls up over those trees and then he banks it and comes back down. Debbie's hanging on in the back and I am having the time of my life. What are you getting at? You need to ask yourself what kind of relationship you want. What kind of ride, what kind of walk with God do you want? Do you want one where we just come to church every Sunday and we fold our hands and we praise God, everybody? Or do you want one where every once in a while it gets a little wild and you may not be able to explain everything and you may not be able to, to control it the way the pilot controls it, but as long as God's in the cockpit, we're in good hands. Amen. God bless you. We love you.